The game sports show and game entertainment media want to give a quick stick tap to LivingSisu.com. Sisu is a Finnish word for determination, tenacity, and resiliency. LivingSisu.com wants to activate your lifestyle by offering discounts and exclusive offers from your favorite sports brands. Sign up is free at LivingSisu.com where you will earn instant offers that will help you save on sports tools, products, supplements, and so much more. Be sure to check it all out at LivingSisu.com. Thank you for tuning in to another special edition upload of the Game Sports Show, powered by the Game Entertainment Media. This special edition upload is brought to you by Compass Imaging Group and Demansky Office Interiors, both located on 500 Industrial Park Crescent, Unit 1 in Sault Ste. Marie, the city right at the heart of the Great Lakes. Two great businesses, all in one location. Make sure to check out their social media pages as well by searching them on Facebook and Instagram. Now let's get to Dave and the crew inside the Game Sports Show studio. Booyah, and it's time for the Game Sports Show special edition upload powered by the Game Entertainment Media along with the GameSportsShow.com. You're currently listening to the game through many media platforms, Spotify, Apple, Amazon, Podbean, Facebook, Instagram, or through, of course, as mentioned, off the hop to our website. Today, I will be solo upload, but we are not going to be short talking amount here. Speaking of which, getting to our special edition guests. A man you will hear a fair amount going forward on the game entertainment and media, as well as on the game sports show. He was a former major junior hockey player, as well as a professional hockey player, including being a two-time TED Talk representative, an individual feature on National Geographic, a mental health advocate who has biked across Canada, yes, biked across Canada, with now a host of his own new podcast, All Over the Map, which you can find on our website as well. The King himself, and that's all I'm going to leave that at, the one and only Ryan Phillips. Ryan, how's it going, pal? Holy shit, what an introduction. Christ, <laughs> I think you, you might have made my day, and uh, now I can take a compliment. I try to get these introductions as best as I can, and this is actually the first one I had to do where I'm solo on one. But like I said right off the hop, as much as you and I have talked the past during the past week or so has been absolutely insane the amount of conversation you're going to have, so I don't think there'll be any shortage or of airtime or, or any blank air. <laughs> well, you know, I'm all about, uh, you know, collaborating with like-minded people. Um, I've dedicated, uh, you know, the second half of my life to world service, and, uh, you know, it's all about serving others, buddy, and, uh, you know, in my uh, humble opinion, um, you know, the greatest success and fulfillment um, has always been through giving back and uh, without uh, expecting anything in return. So, you know, with every intention that I make, with whatever I do, um, you know, it's not trying to get famous here. And, uh, you know, I've, I've had that, uh, you know, the, you know, the major junior hockey has been on, the, you know, those platforms like TED Talks. And, you know, my life story was featured on uh, National Geographic uh, Locked Up Abroad. Um, which is very humbling being, you know, I got flown out to London, uh, after I crossed the country of Canada, which was, uh, a challenge and a half, but, um, wow, you know, it's, uh, opened a floodgate of opportunities and, uh, yeah, you know, I think, you know, each, you know, life segment, uh, connects the dots into a different life segment and, you know, the more we contribute into life and not take from life, you know, so, sure. uh, yeah. I don't know if that makes sense, but, uh, you know, I just kind of uh, try to let myself be uh, divinely guided, so to speak. Love that, man. You know what? And you're such a positive individual. And, you know, 
we're, we're going to be doing a lot together here in terms of uh, your podcast, uh, the podcast here on the Game Sports Show, and even going forward with the Game Sports Yeah, So there's a lot that we're going to talk here and a lot of things are going to go forward. So exciting stuff. But you know what? I got a two-parter question off the hop for you. And I want, I should say actually first, that usually I save to the end of the show yourself to promote who you are, where they can follow you, etc. You know, I think it makes sense that if I allow you to have the floor with that first, like where your podcast can be found or your, your Instagram uh, following tag, everything of such, where people can find you so they can listen to not only a great bo- uh, podcast all over the map, but just in general, just to get to know you. And secondly, I want you to tell our listeners how the heck you and I got acquainted. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. It's a lot, of, uh, a lot to talk about. Um <laughs> Well, first of all, my, you know, I'm, I'm most active on Instagram. I was actually anti-social media for a lot of years. It actually caused me a lot of grief. Um, I could really care less how many followers you have or whatever. It's all about the positive message. You know, at, at one point in my life when I was living in Los Angeles and uh, producing my first film, you know, I, I had a couple hundred thousand followers and, uh, you know, it, it caused a lot of, uh, uh, Maybe I just didn't know how to handle it at that point of my life and, uh, you know, had to be uh, kind of humbled to the ground with uh, a lot of adversity, uh, especially in a city like Los Angeles that uh, takes no prisoners, especially, uh, you know, when you go in that, into a city like that with an open heart and a film about giving, uh, which is Return to Happiness. Um, you can find it. It's actually, there's a link on YouTube that you can actually watch for free and it's, uh, it's a journey. Uh, it's a journey about, uh, you know, self-discovery and, uh, getting, you know, uh, there was a ride across Cambodia that I did in uh, 2012 to help eradicate human trafficking and child sex slavery, which I also did TED Talks on. And, um, yeah, so many benefits came from that. It was just, um, you know, the benefits came from the adversity. And I always say every adversity carries with it the seed of an equal or greater benefit. So, you know, when the chips are down, um, Try not to frown, and uh, you know, behind the the, uh, the dark clouds, there's always uh, the sunshine. So, you know, uh, even that pertains to my concussions that I suffered in hockey. Um, you know, I can either let it uh, define me, or I can let myself define me. Do I have a brain injury? Yes. Am I working on my brain to make it better every goddamn day? Um, and you know, you and I meeting, uh, you know, I think that's uh, something that actually you should talk about uh, because. Uh, <laughs> Uh, you know, coming from uh, the man himself, you know, and uh, I, 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 you know, I'd really like to hear it from you because um, I think that you can personify, personify it in, in a better way than me. I'm a little all over the map right now. So yeah, that good good throw in there. I like the all over the map. I like that. And like like he like Ryan said, you can follow him on Instagram. He also has Facebook. Uh, you can search at Ryan Phillips. And then obviously with his podcast, I said right at the top, right off on our website, and uh, a lot of things going forward there with all over the map. And as you said, yeah, you you know what? You're oh, I in my Instagram but, handle. Yeah, you can say yeah, your Instagram handle. Oh, I, yeah. I had yeah. your back. I had well, your back. I'll tell you, you know what? It's, uh, I had Robbie Shrimp, who was on your uh, show. He's a great friend of mine. So we banged off episode one today. And, uh, yeah, we had just a wonderful, uh, you know, launch, so to speak. Uh, you know, was, I was a little nervous, uh, you know, for the first one. I've, I've been on so many podcasts, but this is, the, you know, the first one that I hosted. And, uh, you know, to do it with a friend. And uh, to go deep into, you know, life experience and, you know, beyond the sport of hockey, 
you know, to really get into the psyche of that human being was the, the intention and everything came out just beautifully. It was really, really well received. So, um, yeah, gratitude to Robbie Shrimp. He is a wonderful guy. And I, and I encourage everybody uh, who is, uh, uh, you know, tuning in right now to get on to uh, game, to get your, your podcast. Uh, you know, the game sports show, and I know you have an episode with Robbie as well. And yep. uh, give it a watch because uh, you know Robbie's a tremendous guy, and I see so much potential in him. Yeah, you know what? In forty-four vision hockey, it's it's fantastic, and uh, you know there's even some like great things that everything happened with Robbie's career still, despite um, you know obviously the you know, first round pick and all the questions that he hears about that. You know, he gave a lot of the game, now he's doing lots with the game after. But overall, you know, like like you said with your Instagram handle and everything, I got your back with that. You know, like you got a lot to ask you in that two part question. And the second part of that question was how you we got together. You gave me the floor. So it's been mentioned on numerous shows. It's actually not a secret when I say this. In particular, the most recent upload that you can check out with Zach Bukali and that Lim Sisu. Everyone's got to give Lim Sisu a check out. That is fantastic stuff. But as heard on that episode and multiple other ones, that I cable guy, uh, <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> uh, cable guy. Yeah, I went on Instagram and I went down the list and messaged people. And when I got to Rob Shrimp's Instagram, there was a fellow named Ryan Phillips on there who had a podcast he was developing. It just seemed like a great fit overall, not just for the game sports show. But the game entertainment and media overall. And I shot him a message, uh, shoot some ideas out, and he responded to me. And ever since then, we got in touch. We've talked on the phone. He made sure I was a real human being and that I wasn't any kind of random person or I wasn't going to be someone who stalked him. And now we're here doing this recording. So that, the, the world is such a different place right now because everything's going on. Social media is such a big presence and need, especially for a lot of media businesses, much like uh, Jem, and also for your podcast all over the map and the game sports show, the show overall. And, uh, getting to the point of the question, I cable guide you hard, and I messaged you, and you responded. And uh, at least I'm not being like a cable guy, though. I haven't been a creep or, or knocked off your cable or uh, ended up at your house creeping here or trying to knock your door down or anything. <laughs> well, you, you know what they say, like minds attract, and I'm all about uh, promoting good things. And, uh, you know, that's one thing that, you know, I've learned over the years is that, um, you know, to be very uh, – you know, very, very appreciative of what other people are doing to add goodness to the world. So when I see somebody doing good things, I really love to promote them. And, you know, that's one of the main premises of all over the map is that there's people all over the map that I think deserve to be recognized for the goodness that they're doing in the world. So, you know, it goes far beyond sports. Um, yes, sports is a huge component of all over the map and, you know, psychology, the mindset. Um, you know, learning from adversity, of course, you know, and hitting all demographics. Um, but at the end of the day, it's, uh, you know, attached to nothing, but connected to everything. And that's what the, you know, the web has obviously uh, given us is that, uh, you know, that field of awareness that, um, you know, uh, the broadcasting machinery of the human brain is so powerful. You know, when you set up those intentions, it's funny how fast they come back if you actually really believe in yourself. See, and that's the big thing overall is that we're all together, but we're going to jump 
more into that at a later time, as I know we'll be doing some work with your show all over the map. Uh, getting right into uh, the content of our show here on the game floor with myself, Dave McKagan, Ryan Phillips. It, I want to kind of go through a lot of things in your life, and we're going to try to keep it as we do here on the Game Sports Show, we usually call a format where we rewind and then get to the current time where I think with myself and you, we have so many different kind of conversations to jump into that in particular relate to the sports end. So we'll jump into the sports end and your hockey experiences uh, leading up to kind of post-hockey, go into your, more of your athletic side with the biking and everything. Then we'll get into some more um, other extras, if you will. So I want to start with hockey. You played major junior hockey. You played that professional hockey. Yeah. Experiences with coaches and with teams, and we'll get to that in a few moments. Too. I just want to get into it uh, with your experiences in hockey. Right from when you started skating, where you played, where you grew up, or raised with it, and where you played along all these times going into major junior uh, until your uh, days were completed after in the CHL. God, what a journey. Um <laughs> I mean, I started skating at the age of two. Uh, my dad was, uh, uh, he was an unbelievable hockey player that was offered a contract by the way, way back. You can look him up, the Seattle Totems. And, uh, you know, they uh, were, uh, uh, you know, eventually, um, you know, uh, it was a farm team for, uh, you know, NHL teams and whatnot. But, you know, the money wasn't good back then. Um, and so, you know, I had a father that uh, was passionate about getting his son into hockey um, and, you know, from the day I had a stick in my hands, uh, you know, you couldn't get it out of my hands. And it was my dream all the way through. You know, I idolized uh, the likes of, uh, you know, Wayne Gretzky, Mario Lemieux. My, you know, my, my room was like one giant vision board of like Gretzky, Lemieux and hockey, Steve Eisenman, you name it. I mean, all those greats. Um, and I, I would just, I would lay in bed at night and just visualize myself playing with you know, playing with Brad, playing, you know, playing with me, playing with my idols. And, you know, I, I believe that, you know, whatever you think about, you bring about, whatever you focus on, expands. And, you know, that dream uh, began uh, to transmute itself into physical reality uh, through hard work and belief and perseverance and training. And, um, you know, so at the age of 15, um, I was rated uh, one of the top hockey players uh, in the nation. And, uh, you know, um, I got put on a protected list it's before they had the draft uh, for the WHL. It was a year before they actually had the draft. So was, I was put on uh, on a protected list with uh, the Tacoma Rockets of the Western Hockey League. And, um, you know, I, I was, I was, uh, I was very, uh, you know, I was excited about taking off. You know, my, my whole thing, I was going to lead the league in, in scoring my first year away from home. You know, that was my whole intention. I was going to go there and everything was just going to be hunky-dory and great. Um, but unfortunately, uh, you know, my greatest dream turned into a bit of a nightmare. Um, over uh, the course of my junior career, I lived in 12 different households. Uh, there was a lot of uh, hazing that went along the way. Uh, a lot of unbelievably incredible times along the way and lessons that I'm uh, infinitely grateful for. But, um, you know, I, I was my first year away from home. Um, yeah, it was a tough, tough one. Um, it was, you know, new school, you leave all your friends, and uh, the next thing you know, you know, you're, I was the youngest guy in the team trying to fit in, and, uh, you know, there's a lot of, uh, you know, the, the culture of hockey isn't uh, what you see on TV always, 
you know, it's, there's a lot behind the scenes, you know, with uh, substance abuse and whatnot. And, uh, you know, for a guy that was never a drinker or, uh, you know, was never into drugs or anything like that, um, you know, fit in, you know, a lot of these players were indulging, overindulging. And, uh, you know, I found myself kind of uh, just trying to fit in, just wanting to be loved. And um, unfortunately, seven games into the season, um, I suffered my first severe concussion where I was knocked out for almost a minute, broke my shoulder in three places and dislocated it two at the same time. Um, yeah, which uh, kind of uh, sucked, but, you know, things happen for a reason. Um, my stock went down. Uh, my draft year, I was, you know, I was rated uh, pretty high up, uh, you know, in the third round. Um, but I got hurt again. I ended up breaking my collarbones uh, my second year in the Western League. <clears throat> so injury prone again. I got bypassed in the draft. And um, I had some negative experiences, you know, as a rookie and then uh, with coaches as well. You know, when I was playing in Regina, I got grabbed by the throat. And, you know, I've had hockey skates thrown at me. I've uh, been urinated on by uh, teammates. You know, teammate, uh, teamwork makes, uh, makes the dream work. But unfortunately... Uh, you know, back in those days, um, you know, I was playing in, the, uh, you know, 91, 92 was my first year away from home. Um, the rookie hazing was in full effect, you know. So all that stuff that happened with, you know, Graham James and whatnot. And I will name that name because he's a name that's been, you know, out there in the media and proven guilty, you know, for his sin, so to speak. Um, yeah. I knew about all that 10 years before it was even out on the CBC. And, you know, uh, it, it resonated me when guys like Sheldon Kennedy came out and Theron Fleury, God bless those guys. Um, it, or, or it, it opened a porthole. And, you know, for guys like uh, myself to have a voice, you know, at this time of my life, um, because it's, it's uh, this time of my life where it's affecting me the most, because it's like you look back and go, how the fuck did I let that happen? You know, how, how, did, how, did, how, how could a coach let, you know, let things like that happen to another human being, you know, getting shoved into the back of the bus, you know, eight players in, in, uh, in a small little bus bathroom, uh, you know, traveling 12 hours uh, on an Eastern road trip or whatever, you know, you got the coach drinking at the front of the bus and you're uh, shoved in there, sweating your bag off. And I suffer from claustrophobia. There's guys crying in there and, you know, we couldn't come out until we had all our clothes untied with sock tape and knots and, you know, just being laughed at, Vaseline in the gloves, sock tape on the on the on the blades, and almost you know, just you know, one thing after another, where it just became like going to the rink was uh, scaring the shit out of me, and that just turned into destructive you know destructive behavioral patterns where I I started to give up on the game, and I start you know, uh, once you start to lose something that you love, you know, when you you know when you're losing love for something. Um, the passion leaves and, you know, I was just giving it a half-assed effort and drinking more and, you know, uh, taking painkillers too much, uh, you know, for my injuries and just, um, you know, I don't know how, but, uh, I guess, you know, my, uh, you know, I was, I, I humbly say I was, I was a talented hockey player, you know, I was a very offensive hockey player that, you know, I could, I could stand up for myself if I had to, but, you know, I was a creative player, you know, I, there was, um, it was unfortunate things happened the way they did, but, um, you know, a lot of these coaches got your career by the balls and, uh, and they know it. And, um, you know, there's, it's all the politics that go on behind the scenes. And, 
you know, a lot of those things are being addressed too, right? You know, these days it's, uh, I don't know, life is life. Life, uh, life isn't a, it, it's not all uh, rainbows and unicorns. So, you know, I look at my hockey experience as, as something that um, is, is, is giving me a voice to be able to give back for positive change. And um, I'm grateful for that. Uh, you know, playing professionally, uh, you know, in, in Kansas and uh, Texas for a while, I was, uh, you know, I bounced around in the minors and, you know, I was told that if I, you know, got off the booze, I would uh, have a great chance of making it to the National Hockey League. Uh, but, you know, uh, uh, habits uh, and just not uh, not believing in the coaches, uh, you know, what they were telling me. You know, it was just sometimes, uh, you know, you know, trust gets in the, in, in the way and uh, I didn't trust anybody and I didn't even, I didn't even trust myself. So the, there was a lot of years of self-introspection after uh, the transition of, um, you know, not not the maybe the healthiest transitions of all, but, uh, you know, I'm from British Columbia where marijuana is a, a big part of our culture and, and it is highly accepted, um, you know, especially now with legalization. But uh, I transitioned from pro hockey. I quit after having a child and, you know, um, I wasn't making enough money uh, on a, you know, minor league salary to, uh, you know, support a child that has, you know, just come into the world. So um, I actually pioneered uh, the BC marijuana industry, uh, shipping marijuana across the border into the United States of America. And, um, you know, I, after a lot of success, I built a little empire there. And, uh, you know, the money was, uh, was almost maybe, it was, you know, I just wanted to be loved. You know, I, you know, I was always about teams. So, you know, I was able to create a, you know, a different kind of team. Uh, it did get dark. You know, I got apprehended on the other side of the U.S. border and spent over 500 days in a maximum federal uh, penitentiary. Uh, that was very hard on my family. Uh, the whole hockey world found out about that as well. And, uh, you know, I thought my days in, ho- of, uh, in hockey were completely done. I, I thought my life was over. You know, um, it was, it was uh, definitely demoralizing and hum- uh, uh, humbling, to say the least. And, um, you know, I came out and I wasn't a good boy right away, but, um, I would say, uh, you know, well over a decade ago, you know, I got out of that business and, uh, after losing many, many friends in that business, uh, to, uh, murder overdoses, you name it. Um, you know, uh, the disease of more, uh, unfortunately is that business. And, um, yeah, I paid the ultimate price. Uh, actually, not the ultimate price because the ultimate price is death. Um, but I did go to prison. I had threats on my life. Um, but what came out of it was uh, was a story. And uh, National Geographic thought it was uh, you know they caught wind that um, you know Ryan Phillips, uh, even though he was uh, you know one of the biggest marijuana smugglers probably uh, in North America at the time, um, tried to change his life and rode his bike across Cambodia to help eradicate human trafficking and child sex slavery. I got a pardon by the U.S. Department of Homeland Security the day after that ride had happened. And I wrote that down with faith every day. I said, I I am so happy and I'm so grateful that I can serve the world. And I saw myself and visualized myself on the other side of the border and um you know see my daughter again and just you know making amends and you know just trying to be a good father so to speak and so the impossible became possible and i hate that word humanitarian um but that was uh you know that was the pardon i got a humanitarian pardon 
back down to the States and it was the first of its kind. And so, you know, now I'm, I'm able to travel freely back and forth, which, you know, really helps uh, with, you know, uh, you know, with what we're doing and just, you know, meeting people and, uh, you know, uh, you know, the United States is just like a lot of other countries right now. You know, I've, my prayers and my thoughts go out to the people in the United States right now. It's a difficult time with the border shut down and, uh, you know, a lot of racism going on down there with Black Lives Matter and, you know, the whole the whole uh, kit and caboodle, so to speak. But um, I was able to do a TED Talks on that after riding my bike across Cambodia. And, um, yeah, so just, you know, blessing after blessing after blessing. But I had to lose it all, gain it all back. And uh, that really affected with my mental health and uh, brought back a lot of my concussion, um, you know, my post-concussion syndromes um, start, started to really kick in around the age of 40 and, um, you know, anxiety and depression and whatnot. And, you know, I just said, uh, screw this. I'm going to take matters into my own hands and ask for help, which I did, and decided to give back to the cause that I'm most passionate about, uh, that I believe everything, uh, you know, starts up uh, upstairs there. And... Uh, I rode across my. Uh, I rode across Canada, and uh, I didn't sleep for three days uh, before uh, uh, thinking maybe I'm goddamn crazy here. But uh, <laughs> I, dip, I dipped my bike at the Terry Fox uh, Pavilion, and uh, you know, a true hero, a true national Canadian hero, Terry Fox. And uh, I touched that statue at mile zero. Dipped my bike in uh, the Pacific. Took me 63 days, and uh, met some of the most amazing people I've ever met in my life. Uh, and dip my bike in the Atlantic on the other side of the country 63 days later. And, um, yeah, it was uh, literally like living a dream. See, literally with all that, that all stemmed from the start of hockey led to an incident in hockey, multiple incidences in hockey developed something with you that led to incidents. And then you, obviously the rest happened. And then after that, there was, obviously that you found that light at the end of the time, right? You overcame something where a lot of people have the difficulty overcoming such a, such a situation. I honestly, what you've done for yourself, uh, that, that is something how, that can really show you that it's never over. It's never the end all be all, despite if hockey finishes, uh, if there is an arrest to a particular extent, of course, uh, and overall just, if, if you have issues that you, there are people, there's resources, there's certain tactics that you can take or do uh, to overcome those challenges, right? And, you know, it started off with that, with the question with hockey and the led to the overall story. That's why I say that it all started with hockey to an extent. But backtracking to that for just a moment, I want to jump into that, the hazing and bullying side, okay? Yeah. That, you know, obviously, you mentioned the ski thrown in your head. And, you know, obviously, uh, we're going to try to find a way uh, to really... Uh, Recalibrate the goodness of hockey? Yeah, like, that's what we tried. That's a perfect way to put it. We try to maybe bring out the positives in hockey. But when we talk about that, we're not putting down hockey or anything by any so listeners. Obviously, we're not doing that. I'm a sports show. And uh, overall, I just wanted to jump into that because that is... You played in the 90s and the, in the late 90s. And obviously, there's a lot of instances that came out within that era, right? That is a lot of time where you started seeing change in hockey and, let's say, recently. Oh, God, yeah. I mean, recently. I, uh, sorry to cut you off there, but it's, uh, 
you know, I, I just truly believe we are what we are because of the vibrations of thought we pick up and register through the stimuli of our daily environment. And, you know, it's all environmental influences, you know, it's the people that I was associating with, you know, um, I wanted to be Ryan, the hockey player, you know, that's not who I was. I'm Ryan. Uh, hockey was just something that I did. You know, I was never Ryan, the drug smuggler. I was, that was just something that I did. And, you know, so when you move through life experience, you know, you, you pick up the, uh, an education, you know, I've, I've been very blessed to travel to uh, over 70 countries in my life. And, um, you know, I spent a lot of time in third world countries where, you know, we, uh, you know, it's, uh, you know, you, you think they're third world, but, you know, really they're truly happy. Um, so I think there's a, you know, there's uh, there's a lot to be said just about, um, um, having faith in the infinite and, um, you know, just, you know, if you're breathing, if you're breathing right now in the eternal now, so to speak, um, you're here for a purpose. And even the purpose of this conversation is going to be, uh, you know, when it's done, it's going to be in the past. So, you know, it's projecting into the future, um, you know, what we want to really give back to the world. And, um, you know, that's why I'm really happy to be speaking to a like-minded individual like yourself is that, um, at the end of the day, man, um, uh, I think, uh, I think Muhammad Ali said it best that, uh, um, you know, service is the rent that we pay, uh, to live on this planet. That is, that is bang on. Now, even connecting with that, with the hockey stuff, I want to say quickly yeah. was, um, that, you, what went through your mind with first, and I'll say flat out that when I played junior hockey, and I'm not going to mention a team name either because my my sheet of teams that I played on is uh, in terms of junior level hockey is a lot lighter than yourselves is because you end up playing some professional hockey, etc. So I'm not going to mention because I know there's listeners that know who I am, and I don't want them to ask me what team what whatever i can say that there was some rookie initiations was the word that was used uh when i was a rookie now people are going to look back and see who i played as now as a rookie uh, but they're not to the severity of what the stories that you've told obviously i'm not going to get into the story but i will flat out say that it's the players that did that it wasn't the organization or it wasn't that the coaches weren't responsible because i've always had great coaching staff responsible it's just that when you're a 16, 15 year old kid and you got a 20 year old and you're just trying to fit in at a younger age, you're still you're still learning and adapting and you're still growing as a man or even a woman. It doesn't matter what sport that you're playing. Uh, you, you know, I was at an age where I just said, OK, and did what I had to do. And there was there was nothing, nothing that really scarred me in terms of those rookie initiations, per se. But the stories that I've heard with yourself with a skate throwing out your hat, that doesn't really involve the rookie initiation. That was, yeah, that was a coach. That was a coach. Yeah, but yeah. obviously you did have, you brought up the rookie hazing. So I imagine your stories go a little bit deeper than mine would. But my mind thought is when, even when I was going through his initiations or when I was getting yelled at by a coach, you feel so little and you just, you feel like you just have to listen. You feel like that you, that you letting your team down or whatever kind of the action is. But I want you to let our listeners know, because like I've mentioned, your circumstances are obviously, I think, more severe than mine, putting it lightly in terms of like the skate and thrown at you by a coach. And then obviously that hazing election that you highlighted at the beginning of the question yeah. asked with hockey. Yeah. Are you able to jump into a few of those of how your mind was when that was happening and kind of what they were in particular? Terrified. 
absolutely yeah. terrified and engulfed with the vibration of fear. And then that led into fear, like, like nobody's business until like, even in the now, you know, I, it's, I have to really compartmentalize my thoughts because I still haven't gone, I haven't actually healed from a lot of that trauma. I'm really lucky. I have a medical team that surrounds me, um, that are, that are helping me, you know, put back together my brain, uh, to its full function, even though I sound very art- articulate, perhaps, uh, you know, um, it's, it, it's the feeling, it's the emotions and, um, you know, I can read a book in a, in, in a day, but, um, it's, it's the emotional guidance system, so to speak, where I developed this habit where I thought every coach hated me because of the beginning stages of my life with, you know, in playing junior hockey that even when, you know, every team that I went to, uh, it was like, it was always a good start. And, but then all of a sudden I would go right back to that habit of every time I was on the ice, I would always look back and see if the coach was watching me. And I was, I would be, I was even scared on the ice just, and, and, you know, hockey is such a beautiful game of finesse and beautitude and, you know, so it took away from the creative faculties of my imagination. And, uh, you know, it was like, I, I, I don't believe in motivation by intimidation. I believe in motivation by building people up and rising people up to the full potential. Yeah. And that, and that makes perfect sense because uh, th- is it fair to say that uh, it, it, maybe it isn't, or maybe it is, and you can correct me if I'm wrong. Is it better when somebody experiences these and brings those lessons forward to help someone get through it? Or do you think anybody that is a mental health advocate or anything that uh, can bring forward some good, uh, some good value to help someone get through certain issues? Honestly, I feel like with myself, when I've reached out for some, uh, for some assistance, I dealt with somebody who had certain events happen in their life. And I feel like that experience really benefited myself where do you think it's different for everybody? I think, um, you know, everybody has, everybody handles, everybody has something going on. Life is difficult. Okay. Life is, uh, it's, it's, it's where, but it's within the challenges and the difficulties that we find the joy. And, you know, I, I deal with a lot of pain, painful, painful, painful memories, but, you know, disconnecting, uh, from those energies, so to speak, you know, cutting those cords and like actually like putting forgiveness and love into those people instead of hatred, you know, I had so much resentment, uh, you know, for so many years, you know, you know, of like, why did this happen to me? You know, I was the guy that was supposed to, you know, make the NHL and, you know, surefire bet everybody in Vancouver where I'm from and, you know, across Canada, you know, knew my name and da, 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 I was, you know, put on this pedestal and then how it was like how it, it could go so sour so fast. And that was me just being an image. That was an immature mind that wasn't ready to leave home at that age because, if I, if I had the mind that I had now, I would have never let that happen. Like, there's no way I would have fought back. You know, I would have said, fuck this. There's no way I'm letting this happen to me. And, you know, I did do that actually when I was playing in Regina. Um, and, you know, I, I don't, I'm not, I won't name his name, um, but I have a hundred people plus that'll back me up on this individual if it ever does come out. Um, you know, this gentleman grabbed me by the throat and, all kinds of weird stuff. He would uh, ask me how much money my dad would send me a week. He would pull me into his office and just, just, you know, kick the shit out of me emotionally and mentally and just 
try to get into my head. And, you know, I actually, I went to, uh, I went to the, you know, to the, to the owners of the team, uh, because this uh, certain individual that was coaching at the time, um, you know, when the GM would walk in, he was, you know, the best coach in the world. But as soon as uh, the GM would walk out of the room, he would go back to, uh, you know, it was almost like a devil in disguise. Right. And I, I had enough, you know, I, I, it, he pushed and pushed and pushed. And it got to the point where um, I was playing in Red Deer and uh, somebody slashed me uh, on my stick. And there were, we, there was fines back then that if we broke a stick on purpose, we'd owe $25. And uh, somebody slashed my stick. There was like three seconds left in the period. And as I was walking off, uh, skating off to Bloody Ice, um, I snapped the stick because it was already broken. And the coach was waiting for me. And he grabbed me by the jersey and yanked me into the corridor. And he goes, Mr. Phillips, you owe me $25. And that was it. You know, I went to the, you know, to the, to the brass of the team. And I said, it's, I, I'm, I, it's either him or me. You know, I, it's, I know he's, he's on a one-year contract. And, uh, you know, I'm asking for you, you either trade me uh, or I'm leaving. And uh, they didn't want to trade me. Um, so I ended up actually going and playing in the BC junior hockey league and, um, you know, it's a, it was a step down from the WHL, but it was fun. And, uh, you know, I played 20 minutes a game and just went out there and kind of, it was, you know, I was able to kind of, I was able to play my game again and, um, yeah, you know, the game became fun again, but then, yeah, you know, it's just one of those things, man. You just, uh, you do what you do and you try to get through and, for me these days, it's all about healing. And, uh, you know, a lot of the healing I think is going to come through the podcast where, you know, getting a lot of these guys that I used to play with or haven't played with and hearing their stories because they're really, really parallel. Um, you know, it's, uh, they think they're more fucked up than they are, but they're actually not fucked up. They've just been through trauma. And, you know, trauma is a big thing that I believe is the root of all mental illness. And, um, you know, so if you don't heal that trauma, uh, you know, there's there can be serious ramifications mentally. And, you know, for me, uh, you know, healing that trauma, you know, I've uh, I've experimented with, uh, you know, natural healing modalities uh, and plant medicine and whatnot. And, um, you know, I'm, I, I, you know, different vitamins and minerals and trying to keep my brain right with, you know, omega three fatty acids and whatnot. And, you know, that's the concussion part of it. But still there's still a lot of my brain that has been traumatized through, you know, people screaming at you for things that you didn't do. And, um, yeah, I don't know. Um, I don't know how much more I can say about, uh, I, 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 am trying to be, uh, I'm trying to shed a, a positive light on the now that I, I, I heard things have gotten better where I believe that, okay, you're a rookie on the team. You got to pay your dues. So, I, I think carrying the veterans' bags to the bus is, is and, and maybe leave it at that, you know, yeah. is, is, is like maybe uh, a, a good initiation for, uh, to start. Buying, <laughs> you know, buying not like, a $30,000 dinner, but buying maybe a steak dinner, you know, like for the rookies buy the veterans a steak dinner, all the rookies that are on the team, maybe, as long as there's not an overcoming amount, obviously. If there's two rookies and there's 18 veterans, you know, maybe not, but that was. Certainly one thing that was brought up when I was at the tail end of playing was that 
I had a team full of 11 rookies and they, there was about nine veterans. So all the had the dinner paid for, right? So maybe that, and that's how it was. The rookies carried their, the, the vets bag. We had a rookie. Every vet had a rookie assigned to them. And that rookie, and my last year playing, I had one of the best rookies. Uh, not because, <laughs> not because it was yes sir or yes David. Okay, honestly, it was uh, Dave. I'm gonna take your bag for you. This this kid was awesome. I'm still friends with this guy now. And I, when he used to tell me to your bag, I said nah. I got it because you wanted to do it <laughs> and it made me not want to have fun with it. You know, a little bit saying, Oh, did you carry my bag for me? Or you got dinner? No, 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 no. You know, <laughs> it, it, it was, it was funny where it's like, Dave, I, let me get your bag. I pack, I'll pack your stuff. You know what, man? No, no, no. I, I got it. <laughs> I got it. Oh You're having, man. You're having too I, much I, I wish. <laughs> See, I wish. <laughs> oh, obviously when, when you're a rookie, you know, you're just going in there. You just want to play hockey overall. And, I want to get into a couple more things with hockey. And the first thing I want to get into first before we going into some bit more stories was one player that you, I know you only played, it was just under 20 games with the Giants the first year, and then it was just under 20 the second time. But Jeff Friesen. Yes. They're, yeah, they're, unbelievable they're, hockey player and a very good friend of mine. Yeah. Uh, they're, Meadow Lake, Saskatchewan. I'll give that guy props up. He yeah. uh, was, I mean, he scored 85 points as a 16-year-old. And... Um, I mean, that guy had so much talent and, um, you know, he played, he played on quite a few teams in the National Hockey League and had quite a, you know, he won a Stanley Cup with the Devils. Yeah. And, um, yeah, you know, I was actually blessed enough when I got traded from uh, uh, the, the Rockets to Regina that I played on his line, actually. And, um, yeah, he was a joy to play with, a hell of a hockey player. Um, but I, I think I know where you're leading up to this is probably uh, who was the best junior hockey player that I ever played against, right? Yeah, that that must be the one of the like honestly seeing that name brings back flashbacks, right? I'm not even gonna tell you when I played NHL '98 on PS1, okay? Like you know, and there's Jeff Friesen on the San Jose Sharks. That's obviously where he started when he got drafted in their first round. And there must be some tales with him that you have on. Oh the, God, yeah. A couple that you can. Uh, appropriately say or is there ever absolutely absolutely <laughs> well him and i were, were were very close we were buddies on the t- and it, you know he just signed his contract with san jose after getting drafted 11th overall and you know my nickname is philly my first name my last name is philip so everyone called me philly be like so he he just signed for eight hundred thousand bucks. it was the lockout season he actually made the team and so it was 94 95 season and so he got, he came back to junior and, uh, the Jeff Friesen that was, uh, wearing Mac jackets and jeans. And, uh, I don't think he had a car even, um, <laughs> uh, he signed the big ticket there at, you know, $800,000 back then was big. And, uh, you know, next thing I know, freezer shows up and he's got snakeskin cowboy boots, leather jacket, driving a Mercedes Benz and, uh, you know, he was such a good guy, though, you know, paying for he'd pay for all the boys and, you know, we'd have our parties. He'd buy all the beers and everything like that. And uh, but he was just a great guy. You know, we'd uh, we, we you know, we go swimming in the morning and, go, you know, we'd hit workouts together and whatnot. And, um, yeah, you know, just uh, I was really proud of, uh, of his accolades. You know, that's a guy that, um, um, you know, he just he, he, he knew where he was going. He was lucky enough that he didn't sustain, uh, you know, like too many injuries throughout his career. And, um, yeah, I mean, hey, he won a Stanley Cup. So, uh, 
you know, his greatest dream uh, absolutely did come true. And, um, you know, I wish him nothing but the best these days and I hope he's doing good things. See, honestly, I like this, the, the snakeskin stuff you brought up. I could just, picture. <laughs> okay. You know, <laughs> just ride in like a boss afterwards. Right. You know, there's, there's a guy that had a great career. He just had just under a thousand games. He was lucky enough to play with a lot of teams, but obviously I'm jealous that he got to play for Anaheim Mighty Ducks. Not because I'm a fan of the Ducks. Everyone knows that knows the show that when I'm taking my host hat off here, I have a Leaf hat on for the most part, but the Mighty Ducks and the Mighty Ducks old school jerseys. Okay, there is no better jerseys than the Mighty Duck jerseys. Okay, oh I got, God, yeah. Well, you know, Paul no Korea was probably was the best player I ever played with and against. And oh, uh, no. so Paul and I grew up together in North Vancouver. We both played out of the North Shore Winter Club. Uh, our families are very close. Uh, my dad coached his brother Stephen. Uh, Stephen played for the Canucks for a little while. Had a, just a little short little stint in the show. And they took his career very and had a very successful, uh, you know, career over and overseas. And so did the youngest brother, Martin. Then there was Michiko, who uh, was, God, she's like an Olympic athlete, for Christ's sakes. And uh, uh, their mom, uh, Sharon, uh, she actually, uh, she runs marathons now and she's in her, in her 70s. Um, so, but Paul was one of those guys that I have never seen anybody with the kind of, I, I mean, we're talking like, I mean, I don't know if there will ever be another, another Gretzky because Wayne Gretzky is Wayne Gretzky. But the closest uh, player to being like a, a Wayne Gretzky type player was definitely Paul Correa. I mean, the moves that that guy had, the focus. Um, got, I mean, he scored 100 points his first year away. Uh, I think it was he played 39 games. He had 100, uh, 100 points and won the Hobie Baker in his freshman year. Um, in the BCJHL, his, sec- his, you know, his second year as a 17-year-old, um, I mean, he had he was averaging three and a half points a game, like it was just easy for him out there. It was he, he would toy with people out there. It was a, yeah. he was an amazing player to watch, good human being. Um, but he was one of those guys, you know. He he stayed away from uh, from from all the negative aspects. He was very blessed to have a lot of good coaches that uh, you know gave him the opportunity at a young age to showcase his talents. Well, you know what? I remember the time when Scott Stevens and Stanley. Oh Cup. shit! Oh, they literally. Okay, Scott Stevens knows how to hit people. Okay, yeah, like that's putting it very that light. Was attempted murder. Yeah, literally, literally that that what that was. I don't. God, but Paul Korea comes back that game and nails one top shelf against Berdur. Yeah, the one, if not the best goalie of all time, and that that if that doesn't tell you what hard is, I don't I don't know what does. Right, that that story still gives me shivers to this it's day. It's giving me shivers ever ta- as we're talking about it. I got like non-physical energy just rippling through my arms. My hair, my hairs on my arms are standing up. Oh, but, literally. Uh, do, you know, do you know that Paul doesn't remember scoring that goal? I actually remember him, remember hearing that, but now hearing it from you, getting that confirmed, that blows my mind even more. To be he honest, doesn't remember uh, scoring that goal. He hasn't been on the ice in probably nine years since he retired. Uh, he's living in California on the beach and he gets on his paddleboard and feels the energy of the waves every day. And, uh, you know, he suffers from post, uh, post concussion syndrome as well. And, uh, you know, yeah, there's two years of his life that he's like kind of gapped out and doesn't really remember. And, um, you know, that's, it's very unfortunate. I mean, that's a kid that, uh, well, when he was a kid, uh, he scored 50 goals the second year in the league, really with not a big supporting cast around him. Nope. And, um, you know, if I, I really, truly believe if he was if he didn't get his head taken off by Stevens and a few other guys and 
had all those concussion, uh, you know, maladies that uh, Paul, I mean, if you put Paul Korea in today's game, I mean, uh, he, he'd be right up there with the Connor McDavid's, the Kucherov's, uh, the dry sidles and whatever he, I mean, that guy had, uh, he, I mean, more ta- he had more talent in uh, in his baby finger than most guys, most players do uh, throughout their whole entire body. You know what? Fun fact of that draft that he went 93. He went fourth overall. Fourth overall, yeah. You know, you remember who went first in that draft? I imagine. Alexander Dag. Alexander Dag. <laughs> uh, Alexander Ottawa Dagg. Senators. Legend. <laughs> yeah, legend for for dating Pamela Anderson. And then how about when he was on the plane and he and he said there was a bomb on the plane. And then they had to, and they had to evacuate the plane or something like that. That was like, I mean, uh, poor guy. You know, like honestly, that probably the biggest bust in history besides oh, Al Yakupov. I think Alexander Dag is by far the biggest bust, by far, by, by far, far the biggest bust in hockey. And if you redraft that '93 draft, I'm saying Korea's one. Pronger stays at two, in my opinion. I don't think you change much of Pronger overall. Yeah, had a good career. Yeah, Gratton did. I would still put him third. If not, you might even put Jason Arnott third and flip. Oh, Gratton. absolutely. Arnott was a machine as an 18-year-old. Oh, he just ripped it. Literally. And overall, there's a lot of even later – like that draft was kind of – they had some good names go. Like Vashla Prospel went in that draft. Prospel played 1,100 NHL games. If anyone doesn't know, that's a lot of games. Jamal Mayers went in the fourth round that year. You had Miroslav Shatan went in the fifth round that year. And I just noted a couple of these just so everybody knows I'm not that big of a hockey player. <laughs> Darcy <player>. Tucker. <laughs> <laughs> like, dude, that's, that's a good draft, right? Like, Hell yeah, look, man. Yeah. And, a lot of the, and obviously those drafts go into 11 rounds back in those days. Now you don't see that. You got the seventh round as far as it goes. But seeing Korea, you you obviously saying that there's there's a guy who had a point a game in his career. Exactly. 989 games, 189 points. OK, not yep. a lot of games. He had 399 penalty minutes. So you know what? He played a lot. And obviously he didn't play as many games as Arnott, Niedermeyer, and Pronger, and even Gratton. A lot of these guys had long careers. Saku Koivu was also in that draft. And Todd Bertuzzi, I can't believe I'm forgetting those names. But overall, that is a strong draft. And those names are legendary, okay? They don't make hockey players like at that point anymore. It's much different, the game now. We've talked about that a lot on this show with a lot of guests that we've had. It was a very special era. It really oh, was. It was a from, special from, era. From the rookie hazing, as we talked about, all the way to the body contact on the ice. You know, like guys like Scott Stevens, would they be the same player now as they were then? People say Scott, maybe, but I don't know if he would be because the game is so fast. McDavid's arguably the fastest player to ever don skates. Ever. Oh, he's, un- he's unbelievable. I, I, I'd like to see Pavel Bure, though, on a pair of skates uh, like, like Connor McDavid because Pavel Bure was a rocket out there. I mean... I mean, watching him live as a boy, like I, I remember going to the Pacific Coliseum before it was GM Place, where they moved to the new facility. And I mean, that guy literally, when he wanted to, he brought like literally brought every single fan out of their seats, he, like a rocket ship. He would go behind the net and just dangle his way through, like you know, the whole team and just do whatever the heck he wanted to do. I, like I, Pavel Bury was one of those guys that. For two periods, you wouldn't even, he would just be out there floating and kind of chewing his gum and whatever, and then he'd just be like, okay, I'm going to go score three goals, and the third period just light it up. Unbelievable. You yeah, know, but, and watching uh, that 94 run to the, to the cup final was just epic. I mean, it was uh, – I, I think I, I shed a few tears. Uh, I was at game six in Vancouver, and um, 
you know, when they forced game seven and, uh, God, the riots in Vancouver and all that. I was, I remember walking down there and, oh God, what a, the city was electric, but uh, I think Vancouver's got a bit of a dark cloud uh, over at uh, no zero Stanley cups for, uh, I think, you know, they've been in the cup final a few times, but, and they've had great teams, but um, yeah, I've, I've been very blessed to play and watch just some, some of the most amazing hockey players, man. Oh, definitely. And when you brought the riot, and that's all I think about. Even 2010 or so, when Vancouver lost to the Boston, yeah. uh, you know that there's 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 that riot there. And I honestly kind of wish that Vancouver, that poor city, is begging for a cup. Not as much as Toronto is. No offense, Vancouver fans. You know, maybe you are. I'm just kidding because they have. I'm more. not a Vancouver fan at all, actually. No, you're not. Not no. a big. Okay, who's your? I never never I should have asked. Who is your favorite NHL team? The Pens, Pittsburgh Penguins. I'm a mass. I, I still think Sidney Crosby is the best player in the game right now, all round. Uh, very very similar to Peter Forsberg in the 90s, and you know when he was at the top of his game, I just like his his he's just so well rounded, and you know and he personifies to me the epitome of a true champion, a true winner, a guy that actually I mean he's so focused. I mean, from the time he came in as an 18-year-old scoring 100 and, what was it, 102 points? Uh, was 100, yeah, 102 points, I think it was. 102 points, and then Ovi had uh, 105, or he was just ahead of him, but I know Ovi won the Calder that year. Um, but, I mean, the, he's won at every level. I mean, world juniors, world championships, a couple Olympics. I mean, we remember the big goal he scored in 2010 there. Um, I mean, it was Sid the kid. He's still a kid, and he's still incredible, and he keeps going. Uh, you know, and talk about another player that's been through a lot of adversity as well. And you never hear him saying anything negative about anyone, and that's why I really respect him. I, I've never heard him say, you know, drop a negative comment about anybody. And uh, so I respect the class that he has and what he stands for. And uh, you know, um, he's one of those. He's a private guy, and uh, you know. I'm sure he's doing a lot behind the scenes with giving back in his own way. And I, he's, he's just a true inspiration to the game for sure. As a, now, honestly, there's a guy who signed for $8.7 million, has built, not been greedy with money, except he wants to have his number everywhere, it seems like, and that's the way to be it. He's loyal, and I, I agree that Sidney Crosby, I'm a fan of Sidney Crosby. I know some people aren't. I don't even want to hear any comments below as why you uh-huh. is, okay, because the facts are right there. There's a guy who's had nothing but success in his career. But Phillips, you know, going forward with, with our conversation, you talked about your, obviously your career in hockey. We've talked about the, the overall, the rookie hazing. We talked about the negative side. We talked about the positive side with a lot of players that you yeah. play with freeze and Paul Korea, uh, your favorite team now that we know. Uh, and overall after hockey, you know, there was the arrest that came up, and I know we're trying to bunch in time because we only have a certain amount of time to record. But if you, I don't know if you wanted to fully jump into that arrest and then transition to, again, I know you just you discussed it a little bit ago in terms of your whole life story, to start from hockey right till today. But that arrest that happened, you were at a dark point in your life. What, honestly. I don't want to flat out say that what was going through your mind, because it almost sounds rude, but like, I mean, you were doing what you had to do right at that age or what you wanted to do. And that happened and now you've overcame it. But going to that time when it happened, uh, what was going through your mind at that time of arrest? Well, um, it was, it was, I believe everything happens for a reason. And, um, 
I actually, uh, I found, uh, you know, living in BC, it's a lot of wilderness and about two and a half hours away from the actual, where you go across the border, where they check your passport. Uh, there was logging roads and all kinds of, uh, you know, trails, so to speak, bushwhacks, not actual like man-made trails. And I found with a helicopter aerial map, and uh, connected a logging road that was 12 kilometers up a, a mountain. Um, and there was an, I found an eight hour bushwhack that could, would lead you to, over to the, the state side of the border and where we would actually smuggle our contraband. And um, anyways, we were you know, rolling in the dough and um, you know, I had a hiking crew, we had helicopters going across, planes, you name it. It was you know, straight out of that movie, Blow for Christ's sakes. And you know what, for all the listeners, what I'll, what I'll do is I'll give you a free link to the actual story that uh, National Geographic did on me. And there's a lot of the rookie hazing in there. Uh, you know, I haven't actually watched the full episode because I lived it, you know, and I, I did spend 21 hours speaking in front of National Geographic in London two weeks after I crossed the country of Canada. So um, it's just one of those things, you know, where, you know, Netflix and Amazon have, uh, you know, now tried, you know, if they contacted me wanting to do like a, a five-year deal where it's, a, you know, uh, a series and whatnot. And I, I don't know if I'm okay with that of, because, you know, a lot of that gets, you know, taken out of control. And um, maybe I'll get another podcast going, uh, uh, you know, talking about that kind of stuff. We'll call it the podcast. Oh, and, the podcast. <laughs> uh, you know, I can, t- I can tell all those stories, you know, the, you know, the stories that weren't told on National Geographic and keep it going because, you know, some of those days, I'm not going to lie, you know, were the best days of my life, you know, you know, having all that, uh, that currency, it, it, it gave me an education to travel the world. You know, I was able to, you know, experience all kinds of different cultures. I was running my business with fully encrypted Blackberries that were all hooked up to a server in Costa Rica and, uh, you know, I had about 200 people working under me at the time, and uh, but it got ugly um, after, you know, with, with, with jail and, you know, the, the, the gang violence that was going on uh, as it got bigger, because as it got bigger, then, you know, the big wigs find out who you are, and uh, they want a piece of it, and, uh, you know, so in order to, uh, you know, have that internal compass that can kind of get you through those uh you know, those dark days, uh, you know, I actually needed to have muscle behind me. And so leaving that world was not easy. You know, it's, uh, I, um, you know, I just woke up one day and, uh, I, I, you know, I had a big home and all the, all the toys, uh, you know, it's, 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 it's been documented, you know, the, you know, the biggest year we had, we did, uh, over $90 million worth of marijuana sales down there in New York, Chicago, and Los Angeles. And, um, you know, I have zero dollars from those days, you know, that's all gone. And, um, you know, it was, it was crazy, man. It was uh, a rock star lifestyle without being the rock star. It was, uh, it was the professional hockey player without being a professional hockey player. And, you know, it was just, it was party, 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 go, go, go and make money and blah, blah, blah. It was, it was just like blow, but like almost on a different level, um, because it was, you know, it was different. It was weed. It was just weed. And, uh, you know, I say just weed because, you know, uh, I do believe that there's, you know, huge medicinal, uh, you know, uh, benefits with that plant. And, uh, you know, if it's used properly. And, um, yeah, it was just, a, it was a crazy ride. And, but I'd like to be able to give a link to you so, you know, the, uh, the listeners can actually, uh, 
you know, tap into it. There's a password and, you know, it's been given to me freely. I gave my, you know, my life story away so uh, I can give it back. And uh, so if you want to even attach a link to it, all the listeners are more than happy to, uh, if they're, you know, to watch away. It's 48 minutes uh, with no commercials and, uh, you know, they can get to know me more kind of as, as a person and as an individual and probably kind of see why I'm doing what I'm doing right now. Definitely. Now I'm going to, I was going to read it out, but I think that'd be kind of, if you want to make it lost track. So I will put that within the link of the description of the episode. If anyone has any issues opening the episode of that storyline, you could just reach out to here on the game sports show, myself, Dave McKaig or comment below, uh, and then we can provide it privately. Or if you want to reach out to Ryan Phillips yourself, if you want to try to cable guy, him like I did. And you maybe- know what? Cable guy me. If you uh, uh, listen, I'm an open book, man. I, I I, I, I've lived and I, and I'm all about giving. So uh, for all you listeners out there at Ryan Phillips warriors, my handle for Instagram, don't be afraid, add me and uh, ask for, uh, to say, can I have the, uh, the national geographic uh, story on your life? And I'd be more than happy to fire over the link. Love that. And you know what? I did watch it and you know what? I'm going to straight out say right now, I got to the 26 minute mark when we first talked. I then got to the 37 minute mark. So I'm almost done the episode by the time I go to sleep after recording this episode that you and I are doing right now, which spoiler alert for everybody, obviously the episode is not live when it gets uploaded. We are recording this episode on September the 20th, but going back to my point, I will be watching the rest of that. It is a great Little, I guess you could story put together. You have actors that are playing on behalf of Ryan. It's uh, it, it's definitely very interesting and it's fantastic. And everything you're getting from this interview, you get it more in depth in terms of what happened on that link. So make sure that you check that out. We'll make sure we provide that link. Now, a couple more things, Ryan, before we let you go. Uh, mm-hmm. Overall, you know, we've went a little overtime, but guess what? That's what we do here sometimes on the game sports. I show. like overtime. That's I think. I say sometimes very lightly because it's. <laughs> hey, listen, man. I, you know what? I can I, I can tell you like to uh, you know get into uh, get into good stories, and uh, I'm all about that. So it it, it keeps you present, and uh, it, it puts a smile on your face when you're able to kind of do things that you love to do. And uh, it's yeah. all about relationships, man. And uh, so you know, I know you and I are establishing a good one, and um, you know, um, you know, I would love nothing more than. Uh, more listeners to actually, you know, tune in to your podcast and, um, you know, so we can all help each other out, you know, like, you know, there's a lot of, uh, there's, there, yeah, there's a lot of crummy stuff going on in the world right now with this, the, the it, the thing that's going oh, on, this COVID oh, thing. But yeah, so I, I believe it's uh, really important that uh, community and unity is of utmost paramount. I agree. Now, I want to get into the topic of you biking across Canada. Now, okay. <laughs> You did bike across where the game sports shows from. I know we have a lot of listeners that are from out of our home location, so I will remind listeners that the game sports show started both in Sault Ste. Marie, Ontario, and Sault Ste. Marie, Michigan. Just oh, we are a border town with Sioux, Michigan, and we obviously have that fortune where I had to start going across the river, which I called across the river. Back in 2015, the show started with myself and our American co-host, Scott Nason, who is, uh, I'd like to say, the co-president with me here on the Gaines Sports Show. Uh, we, it was originally called Coffee with the Coach, and then we changed it right away when I came on board to the Game Sports Show. And ever since then, now, from then until now, everything's history with everything that you could check out on our website with shows and all the news coverage locally. But so everyone knows, because we do have a large following base outside of our home base in the Algoma region that we are located inside Sault Ste. Marie, Ontario, Canada. Now, uh, you did bike 
throughout when you came across Canada. You did come through Sault Ste. Marie, Ontario. So I wanted to jump into what you thought about Sault Ste. Marie because there's going to be obviously a good amount of listeners that are from Sault Ste. Marie, Ontario, especially when I throw Paul Correa into this and Jeff Friesen into the description of our episode. I know there's going to be a lot of people that are going to like that, especially Paul Correa. Paul Correa is actually well-liked here because of this being a big hockey community. Same with Jeff Friesen. Anything hockey-related here in Sault Ste. Marie, Ontario, you catch that eye. So I want you to shed a little bit of love or even some hate, you know, if you don't Oh, really huge like- love. No, man. I, <laughs> I got a great story about Sault Ste. Marie for you. Yeah, um, obviously, uh, Sault Ste. Marie was in my awareness because Wayne Gretzky played there uh, for Muzz McPherson way back in the day. In, uh, I think it was 1977-78 season, if I'm correct. And so, you know, riding into the Sioux, I'll never forget that day. Uh, actually, my cameraman... Uh, had a really good friend of his, um, and we took a three-day break there because my knees felt like they were going to fall off. When I reached Ontario, I was quite exhausted. I was averaging over 130 kilometers a day, and the Sioux just embraced me. I did a couple of radio shows there and whatnot, and uh, it was, you know, I, I had a wonderful, uh, uh, you know, friend that, uh, you know, through my cameraman that uh, we stayed at her at her home. Uh, they had, uh, uh, you know, a beautiful pool that we were able to, I was just like, I was able to decompress there. And, you know, I saw this, I saw the Sioux and, you know, blue collar town, hardworking people. Uh, my bike broke down in the Sioux and, um, I, God, I wish I could remember the, uh, the, the store where I had to go the, the bike store where I had to go get it fixed, but they gave me a bunch of jackets and hoodies and put a new tire on for me and the whole nine yards. And, yeah, I was so well received there, and um, it, it was it was an experience of a lifetime. It really was, you know. I, I was, uh, yeah. I, I I remember actually vividly as I was riding into the Sioux, and just you know thinking of you know uh, the jersey, you know the Sioux Saint Marie Greyhounds, and um, it was just epic, man. It was like, uh, it was, it was uh, a surreal experience just being like, I'm in the Sioux. I remember saying that to myself. I made it. I made it to the Sioux. And um, yeah, yeah, it just, uh, you know, all of Ontario really embraced me. I actually ended up staying in Toronto for uh, cl- uh, close to half a year um, when, uh, when I was done the ride. And, uh, you know, we were working on the documentary and whatnot. And, um, yeah, I, I see myself in the foreseeable future, you know, once things kind of clear up a bit with what's going on, uh, you know, spending a lot of time out in Ontario because I have so many good friends out there. You see, in the Sioux, obviously known for hockey, we are a hard, uh, hard-working town here in Sioux St. Marie, Ontario, very tight-knit community also, and you know, I thought with you giving some love to the Sioux, would uh, I know a lot of the Sioux listeners would like that, and obviously you're biking across Canada, That that I don't know. How you did it, man? Uh, you know, I know you can sit there and say perseverance, being in shape, you know, mental. You want the truth? You want yeah. the truth? Yeah. Here's the truth. I, I I spent, I had to visit the hospital seven times because my anxiety was so bad and I was battling my mind and, and physically, mentally, and spiritually. And oh my god, um, yeah, it was uh, you know going that hard every day and setting you know goals. You know I. Uh, a lot, you know, there's a lot of uphill battles, you know, especially going through Rogers Pass. And there's a lot of hills even going through Ontario there. And, um, you know, it was just that never give up attitude that I was taught through my dad and uh, was able to kind of bury away uh, with, the, you know, the hockey experience. 
And I just kind of reach back into my memory bank of how I used to approach games when I was like 13 or 14, that I'm going to get through this and we're going to win. And I just had that mindset that, um, wow, uh, um, ain't nothing to it, but to do it kind of thing, you know? And, um, just, uh, God, it was, it was painful as all heck, but at the same time, um, you know, doing it for that cause, um, you know, and then obviously, um, you know, having the opportunity to be on the CBC and global and all the major, you know, CTV, all the major uh, media networks along the way. And, you know, getting that national attention was, uh, humbling, you know, uh, and being able to actually speak my truth on, you know, mental health. And, um, it actually brought me a lot closer, uh, to a lot of the hockey community, you know, uh, a lot of the hockey community reached out to me, uh, you know, throughout the ride. And, um, you know, I was, so I was, I was trying to juggle a lot of things, you know, through going across the country, you know, the elements were crazy, you know, going through the prairies, it rained for 10 days straight. I was bundled up in five layers of clothing, soaking wet, you know, tears coming out my eyes for the first time on the ride. I remember just, uh, you know, big semi trucks almost blowing you off the road. And um, I still can't believe actually when I'm talking about it right now, because I don't talk about it very often um, that I actually was able to make it through it in that, you know, short amount of time. And, um, it was just pure desire, man. It was pure desire. It really was, is all it was. Honestly, that is something that is fantastic to see that you did. And I honestly surprised, I, I'm so glad you told me about that. So a, when we started talking, I was able to say how wild it was and bring it up on the show and not look like an idiot for not knowing, but overall there was a friend of mine that was very interested in actually doing that himself uh, for a certain specific charity. And I told him, I said, you got to do what you got to do. And if you want to do it, you got to do it. Uh, you yeah. know, you can't, you can't just say, mm, I think I should, uh, I want someone to fall. No, you know what? You want to do that. You jump on your bike and you go do it. Don't let anything stop you. And obviously, you know what? The determination that you showed with doing that, fantastic and that is a feat that not many people would be able to accomplish yet you did my friend overall amazing well i really appreciate the compliment i always say um you know it's uh, you, you don't have to know how you just have to know that you will and uh even though i went through three days of no sleep and said am i crazy for doing this i mean this the, it, it's the second largest landmass in in in, uh, in the world and uh when I looked at the map, holy crap, I was just like, am I really doing this like tomorrow? Like, am I actually taking the ferry over to Vancouver Island and doing this? Um, well, there's no turning back now because when I say I'm going to do something, I do it. And um, I wasn't trying to prove anything to anybody. Um, really, I was just trying to show people that, uh, you know, if, um, if I can go through what I've gone through with my mental health journey, that uh, anything is possible. And, um, you know, there was a lot of doubters out there, but, uh, not for one second did I really ever doubt myself. And, um, it's people like you that I was able to meet you through, you know, even through the media that were, uh, really supportive along the way and checking up on me all the time. And, you know, if I was in say, say Winnipeg going on the CBC there, um, you know, they would let uh, people know in the next province, you know, that I was coming through. So, um, you know, a lot of really nice interviews along the way and meeting good people that actually really, truly cared and open up about their own mental health. And a lot of tears were shed, too, from other people telling me their stories. So there, there, there was a lot of recovery for, uh, for quite some time afterwards where, you know, I lost about uh, 40 pounds. 
I was all ripped up like a dog after uh, after that one. And um, yeah, it was it was uh, it was it was a beautiful experience. I mean, I, I it's ineffable. I, I can't put words to it. No, I see. And that's amazing. And you know what? This has been just over an hour of you and I talking where we touched a lot of topics. We talked about your podcast. We talked about your past the plane. Obviously, we went into a lot of discussion with players and the rookies, everything, and then your arrest, and then obviously biking across Canada. So I think we did touch a lot that I think the listeners can absorb for now because you and I are going to have a lot of work together that we're going to do with myself. Uh, jumping on your show at a time and obviously with each helping out each other back and forth and obviously even with yourself jumping in on some special edition interviews uh, with some guests that hopefully you can bring forward on here with the show as well so we get some stories some more stories going with the background of you and these particular friends you'll be able to play with and have kept in contact with or even have met Uh, so we're not going to jump into anything else here tonight we've jumped into a lot We're going to pause because, as I mentioned just a few moments ago, we have a lot that we're going to get into together. And in particular, uh, with the game entertainment and media overall, a lot of big things coming with that that we're going to be doing together. So anyone who sees our Ryan Phillips All Over the Map podcast upload sharing on our Instagram, Facebook page, or any kind of social media page, including our website, don't hesitate to hit his handle that is tagged on there or the link that is on there on our website because the All Over the Map podcast files will be available on our website going into some of the last week of September here in 2020. You'll be able to go under episodes on our website. And with all of our great episodes that we have, including our special edition uploads and our ESPN 1400 uploads, you will be able to see Ryan Phillips's all over the map podcast where you can just click and all of his episodes that he sends over to me to upload or overall in general, they will be there. You can just click and listen. Very simple. So I wanted to say, Ryan, thank you very much for coming on the show, and I look forward to us talking a lot more, but for you getting into a lot of backstory about what went on, hockey days, arrest days, you know, the the marijuana days, you know, and now obviously with biking, obviously what you're doing now with your podcast, uh, it was very great being able to talk to you and have this episode with you. Thanks, my man. I really appreciate it. Um, Yeah, it's been an awesome talk, and uh, we I just wanted to give a special big love from my heart to all the listeners in the world globally, but a very special, special shout out to all the people in the Sioux. And make sure to hit like, follow, subscribe on Spotify, Apple, Podbean, Podtail, Amazon, Facebook, Instagram, and our website, thegamesportshow.com. You can make our website your homepage on your cell phone. Just hit the bookmark button or hit the link and drag it over to your home page on your phone if it's an iphone an android phone or whatever type of phone it is you can put on this all you can all you have to do is simply hit click and boom you get the most up-to-date content brought to you by the game sports show and obviously now we've been able to check out episodes on all over the map podcast with ryan phillips now this is the first time ryan's going to hear possibly the conclusion up front live so i want to make sure i remind the listeners to keep your stick on the ice swing your bat catch your touchdowns drain your threes and shoot your shots booyah the Game Sports Show and Game Entertainment Media want to give a quick stick tap to LivingSisu.com. Sisu is a Finnish word for determination, tenacity, and resiliency. LivingSisu.com wants to activate your lifestyle by offering discounts and exclusive offers from your favorite sports brands. Sign up as free at LivingSisu.com where you will earn instant offers that will help you save on sports tools, products, supplements, and so much more. Be sure to check it all out at LivingSisu.com. 
The Game Sports Show, powered by Jim, would love to give a belly rub to Northern Critters in Need. Northern Critters in Need is an animal foster and adoption agency located in Ignis, Ontario, with connecting stations within Thunder Bay and Sault Ste. Marie, Ontario, Canada. NCIN can be found on Facebook and Instagram at Northern Critters in Need, with a mission to rescue lost, abandoned, and abused and unwanted pets. With a name to find forever homes for these animals, doesn't matter where you're located. If you're looking to bring a new fur baby into your life, NCIN. The reach of our rescue goes far beyond our township. You have been listening to The Game Sports Show, powered by Gem. This edition of The Game was brought to you by Compass Imaging Group and Demansky Office Interiors. We would also like to thank our other sponsors and broadcasting partners, part of The Game Sports Show family. ESPN 1400, Northern Superior Brewing Company, Sports Center Bar and Grill, Living Sisu, North Shore Sports and Auto, and Thrush Creative Co. Yes, yeah, she's a th-